Welcome to New Life Miami, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are loved. Say, do it. Do it. Oh, no, let, let's, talk, let's talk our language. Go for it. Do it. That sounds better than do it. Um, d- just do it has been taken by Nike. So we'll say go for it. Though that was instilled to us by, by another family, but it's good. We're all part of the family of God. Amen. I'm so excited to share this word. Uh, today's word, if you're taking notes, write this down. It, it's, it's, it's titled Steward. Actually, you should write this down. Maybe you take notes on your phone, on a sheet of paper. Today, what I'm, this is crazy because, let me explain to you what I'm talking about here. Maybe if I show it to you, you understand it. Um, I, I normally type out messages, study it a little bit differently. Every week is different. Every time seeking the Lord, it might be a little bit different. But I feel like what I'm going to be sharing today, I don't know if it's going to roll into weeks to come or whatnot. We'll see what God does with it because I know I have a lot to say about this. So maybe this would be the introduction of something bigger that's to come. Maybe not. We'll give it to the Lord. But what it is, is it, it really is, and it's messy. You probably wouldn't understand it. So thank God I'm reading it today. I'm just going to read you my notes today that, that I was just writing from, from what I was feeling God was pouring in my heart. So I felt like, why develop something else and not just speak the notes that God's given me? So I'm going to read from my proper notes to you. That's why I encourage you guys to take notes. I think notes are so important. Sometimes you take your own notes with the Lord as the Lord is revealing things to you, as the Lord is showing you stuff in Scripture. Sometimes when you're in a setting like this among family and someone is teaching or whatnot, you also take notes. So then you'll be amazed of how many messages God gives me by listening to someone else's, someone else's teaching. If they say one phrase out of 45 minutes of speaking, one phrase, and it, and it evolves into like five messages. It's so crazy. So don't ever stop taking notes. Let your note-taking deepen. Amen? Today's message is titled this, Steward the Dwelling. Steward the Dwelling. I know, and you will understand what I mean by that. But steward the dwelling. And I want to talk to you about that because on midweek, if you missed it, many of you guys, we went back to the cameras and you lied to us, but we love you anyways. You, you RSVP'd and you did not show up. You know, shame on you. There's going to be a fine for that. You should be getting it in the mail. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, if you're a guest here, we mess around and we do family and we are just normal people. Though we're not normal as you could just saw in worship. Amen? Amen. If we could dance in a wedding, we could dance in church. Amen. Someone says it ain't so. Some of you guys, okay, let's go into this. Stu- <laughs> got myself in trouble. Steward the dwelling. Um, on Wednesday for midweek, we got to see, and on last Sunday, we're seeing that God is really doing something personally in people's lives where he's revealing himself to people, he's showing himself to people, he's speaking to people. There's going to be a day, hopefully soon, that, that I'm gonna, I'll share even some more things that have been happening. Uh, I think about a, a young lady in this church who, who even had a dream a couple weeks ago, and Sunday she tells me, I forgot to tell you this, I had a dream, and it's about X, Y, and Z, and, and when she, while I'm reading the text message, my jaw is dropping because little does she know how much that dream that she got meant on that day. There's a reason why she didn't tell me weeks ago. She needed to tell me last Sunday. So I'm already floored. And then Monday I'm driving and then a whole other person just shoots me a text. I don't know what this means to you, but God put this in my heart. And, and I'm just, God's speaking to people. And God is, 
is, is, is, is moving over people's lives. I don't think because God is nearer than ever. I don't know if that would be the biblical definition of why God is speaking clearly to some of you. Um, I told this to many of you. I believe it's more about you maybe nearer than ever. Um, God is not the one who distances himself from you. He loves you so much that he even brought his son to come to us on this earth. He couldn't get any closer than that. So he wants to make himself known to you. Maori said either on Wednesday or last Sunday, and we say that a lot here, that God is on purposely is bad at playing hide and seek. When he looks at Adam, where are you, and all those things. Like, when God wants to be found, a big chunk of his body is sticking out because he wants you to find him. I don't believe that it's because he's nearer. I believe it's because we now are clearer. We're nearer, and we're hearing clearly. Maybe, maybe some of you are finally recognizing, wait a minute, I hear greater from God, and I'm experiencing greater from God because I'm taking away distractions from my life. Distractions. I'm not here to tell you what your distractions are. I'm not, your, I'm not Lord over you. But you know the convictions and you know the voice that God has put inside of you. The good voice. <laughs> and the one that says you shouldn't be with that person, hang out with that person. You shouldn't be with that group. You shouldn't go to that place. You should not be watching that. You should not be on that phone all that time. You should not be doing this all the time. You should not be sleeping all the time. You should not be. You guys get my point. Whatever your distraction may be. And they might be good things. But it doesn't mean that that's what the Lord wants you to be consumed in all the time. So whatever, you guys get it. So what I'm trying to tell you is, maybe some of you are moving away from distractions, and because you're being less distracted, and now you're calling out to the Lord, you're hearing him more clearly. If you're here and you're saying, well, I'm not at all, examine yourself, pray to the Lord, and tell him to reveal what may be some distractions in your life that you need to cut off, chisel away, so that... So that you could hear him more clearly. Trust me, he is near. He is near. The question to ask is, am I near? Am I near? And that's important. So because God is doing a work in some of your lives, whether it's just one of you, five of you, all of you, I want to share this message because I believe that if there is a dwelling that is happening between you and the Lord, are you catching this? If there is a dwelling that is happening between you and the Lord, then I believe that there also has to be a stewarding of that dwelling. You can't take for granted that dwelling. You've got to steward it. Hearing feedback. You guys hear that? Or is it just me? Yeah. No, okay, so let it keep feeding back. But, but, but stewarding a dwelling. And, and I want to speak to you on that. The, the definition of steward is this. It says you have the responsibility. Steward is you now have the responsibility to take care of that something. Whatever it is. It's your, everyone say, my responsibility. Awesome. Everyone just say the word salvation. <clears throat> okay. If salvation has been made real to you, do you understand you have a responsibility in salvation? I hope you guys understand that. Don't think like, oh, I'm saved, so I'm automatically going to heaven. No. The Bible says things like, and I'm sorry for, but it, it does. It says, you walk out your, your salvation now with fear and trembling. There is now a lifestyle and there is now a walk of what we call what? Obedience, right? We live in obedience unto the Lord. There is a responsibility. Obedience requires responsibility or vice versa. So we have to understand that if God is dwelling among us and if we are dwelling in him, then we need to steward that. And what I mean by that is we're also called to be responsible for that. Personally and 
together publicly as a church. Maybe you don't have necessarily the, um, the ability to be in charge of, as a church publicly, making sure that we steward and responsible. But your leadership would be, is. Your pastor is. So because we felt like we needed to continue to say, this is how we fight. Our... We were just obedient to that, and we just continued to declare it. Some people might not like that we went a little bit over in worship, but, but, but what are the rules of what worship even looks like? You guys understand what I'm saying? So we have to be very careful. Let's steward our dwelling personally, publicly, whatever it is. You have the responsibility. Everyone say, I have the responsibility. Now, when we think about stewarding, it's, to- it's different than cultivate, though it's very related to cultivating. Cultivate deals more with the preparation. It's like a farmer. A farmer who, who is tilling the ground as well, plows the ground, and, and he's preparing it for growth. Though in that cultivating, he's also, taking, he's, he's also doing the part of stewarding as well and, and the part of being responsible even in his cultivating. But, but what I really want to do is because I do believe that God brings the growth, so he's the grand cultivator of it all. I want to talk about your stewardship before the grand cultivator. Or the way we'll say it is your stewarding before the great gardener. You're going to hear me talking about someone called the gardener today. The gardener. And, and, and we need to steward our lives before the gardener. And, and when that growth begins to happen, then you need to be this right, this good steward of this growth as we speak about cultivate. God cultivates the growth, and now we become good stewards of it. Very simple. Hopefully you're all understanding this. What happens now, again, this is my notes. What happens now if you do not begin to steward the growth in your life? Anyone want to take a shot at guessing what happens? Many things could happen. I don't know what are some of the things. I know, I know some of the things that God was speaking to me. I feel like if there is no growth, just like if you exercise and you see growth and then you stop exercising, the growth might disappear. The growth might, I mean, muscle might turn into something else or, or vice versa. I turn into fat. And, and, and you guys understand what I'm saying. There's, there is a stewarding in this, in this lifestyle. If, if you do not steward this growth, I believe this, it begins to spoil. It begins to spoil. If, if there's a field and, and God has brought growth to the field, uh, I don't know, name something that grows in a field. We'll pick your, your, of your choosing. We'll talk about that. A flower, okay. More of a crop. A corn. Let's talk about corn. And, and we, we, there's corn in the field. We can't just open our doors one day, open our windows and say, wow, God is so good. He gave us corn. Right? And then go back in. And, and never do, do nothing about the corn. God's like, okay, good. I've been good to give you corn. So guess what your responsibility is now? I gave you corn. But go and what? Pick up Harvest. Harvest your corn. Harvest it. If you leave your corn out there, it's going to spoil. It's going to rot. It's going to be eaten by wild beasts. Same thing with you. If you spoil what God is doing, there are wild beasts outside of these walls that are going to destroy that which God has deposited in your life. If you let that stuff just sit there and you are not stewarding the growth that God, the word that God, the presence that God is giving you, it will, at any moment in your life, you're just a moment away from it spoiling and from you yourself becoming toxic. And no one likes to be around a toxic person. 
Toxic people stink. That's the truth. That's the truth. I've been toxic before. I have. I've been toxic before. And it stinks. It's not good. It doesn't even feel good for me. Because that's not my call. That's not what God wants us to be. Don't let it spoil. Don't become toxic. What do you do? If God is speaking, moving, his presence is flowing. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I love what, what's happening to some of our people. If you wake up at four and you know, and you know without a shadow of a doubt that God says, get out of the room, go and pray, get on your knees, open up the word, that is growth. That is, I'm serious. That's growth. That's corn. And now he says, you opened your window, I woke you up at four in the morning, what are you going to do with the corn? Are you going to fall back to sleep? It's going to spoil and you'll become toxic. But if you entertain this stuff... And you don't go back to sleep when I woke you up to seek me. And you begin to pray. I might, you might hear me. You might even hear the audible voice of God so clearly that, my God, you won't even be able to sleep. You might stay up for two days because of how serious what happened to you at four in the morning. Why? All because you begin to steward that which God is bringing growth to. Amen. My God, do I feel that. So I want to make sure you guys understand that. I want to make sure you guys get that because... I believe God is speaking to this church. I don't know about that church. I don't know about their church. And I don't know. I'm not here to speak about other churches. You know why? Or about other pastors. I'm telling you right now that I'm here to speak about this family. And I'm here to speak about myself in the mirror. God is doing something here. That's without a question of a doubt. How do I know that? Because I can confess to you that God is doing something in me. Where two or more are gathered, the spirit of the Lord is in. Tito, is God doing something in you? Okay, so that's already two. So we could stop right there. But I could go around the room. And I can ask every single one of you, and many of you will say, God is definitely doing something in me. Two or more are gathered, the spirit of the Lord is there. I'm telling you that God is doing something in this family. What do we do now with it? Very important. Everyone understand that? Here we go. Don't let something, write this down in your notes. Don't let something good go to waste. Don't let something good go to waste. Don't let something good go to waste. If you, if, if, if you hit a hot streak, what do you do? You keep going for it. You're not like, ah, I think I'm going to rest. No, you keep going for it. You hit a hot streak, you keep. In any field that you're in, whatever you do for a living, things are going good, what do you do? You're not going to get lazy on that. You're going to continue to ride that wave. It's going good for me. I got to continue on this. I'm picking up my corn, baby. It'll be foolish for you to lose out on that, on money, on whatever it is. It'll be foolish. It's the same thing spiritually. Don't let something good go to waste. We just saying God is good. However we sang it, whatever note we sang it in, God is good. We just sang that. Don't let good go to waste. Very important. Here it is. Ready? Here's some things I wrote down. I believe, number one, I believe we can miss what God is doing. We could be in a gathering of family like this, and God is moving in our family. And many, and some, many, one, however, it doesn't matter. I'm not blaming anyone or pointing at anyone. Just saying, in any family, in any church family, Someone or someones can miss what God is doing. You could talk to someone and say, I just don't get what you're saying. You sound crazy. It's okay. There are, now, that's a whole other preaching. There's a reason for that. God might be doing something different. God might be bringing their growth differently. God might. We're not here to judge them in a sense and say, well, you're not hearing from God. You don't know that. They might be hearing from God. If you ask them, they might tell you how they're hearing from God. 
But there is also a people that purposely, I'm not talking about that other group, that come before a family like this and they might miss what God is doing. Number two, I believe that we could also, like I said, waste what God is doing. And I love this one. Number three, I believe that we can take for granted what the Lord is doing. I believe that. I believe we can miss, waste, and take for granted. How many of you um, are in agreement with me that we can miss, waste, or take for granted what God is doing? And I, and I and write this down. Why? Because we don't properly steward what he may have faithfully planted. Or even what he have, has faithfully grown. We don't properly steward what he has faithfully grown. So will we be responsible or we can say this, ready? We could substitute the word responsible. And we could say this, will we be faithful Will, be, will we be consistent? Will we persevere, have perseverance with what the great gardener is bringing growth to? Let, let me read a passage, a passage that many of us may be familiar with. I'm just going to go through it just so you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. It's John chapter 15. Some of you guys knew already I was going to go there. I, I'm just going to read uh, verses 1 through, uh, in my notes I told you 1 through 8 I think, right? Or 1, 9? All right, let's read 1 through 8. In the NLT, it says it this way. Listen, listen to Jesus' words. He says, I am the true uh, grapevine, the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned, and you've been purified by the message I have given you. Amen? Remain in me, and I will remain in you. Man, highlight that, underline that, circle it. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And those who remain in me, I and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Verse 6, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch. And withers, are you guys catching that? Spoils, what is Jesus saying? Toxic, pointless, it withers. It's, there's, there's no reason for that branch on this vineyard. So he cuts it off and he throws it away. See, I wasn't making that stuff up. That's, this is my passage of reference. Whoever does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch. So what is the toxic and what is the useless or what is the spoiling due to? It's due to not remaining in him. And in remaining in him, you're going to see how relative that remain is actually stewarding. That's what I'm going to get to. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remained in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want. And, and there's a whole teaching on this. And it will be granted. That's learning to ask what, he ha what he's giving. It's, it's not like, oh, you ask for this and you're automatically going to give into it. But we'll keep going. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Praise God for that passage. Amen? When you read John 15, it's important. Jesus is the true vine. The Father is the gardener. And we are the what? The branches. And what is the gardener doing? The gardener is cutting off every branch. Are you with me? So, so it's, it's interesting because behind here I have some branches and... and Sorry, it was, it was not the best that I could have picked. But you'll get the point, And you'll get the illustration of it. But, but you'll see two different branches, you know. There's one that's, we could say it's flourishing, correct? 
And then there's, there's one that it's just bare. And it's, it's actually dry and it's, it's withering. And, and, and here is Jesus in John 15. And he says, the gardener cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that produce fruit so that they produce even more. Now that's powerful because sometimes we, we ask for like, oh, I don't know when God is going to stop with me. <laughs> Biblically, the answer may be never. Why? Because if God stops pruning, then you stop producing fruit. So God might never be done with you. Well, I didn't sign up for this. What, what, you, what did you think this stuff was? Forgive us, forgive them for selling you a false, a false walk with the Lord. That's not what, the, what walking with the Lord means. So I have two branches in my hands. One is withering, one is producing fruit. He throws away the withered one, puts it in a pile and burns it because it's useless. It's toxic. It's of no use. It's spoiled. But then there's one that is budding. And there's one that looks like, I mean, I could even go into the passage when Jesus goes to the fig tree and all that stuff, but... But maybe that will develop in weeks to come. But, but he sees this one, and it's powerful because it says, but this one he prunes. And the reason why he prunes this one is so that it could produce much fruit. So, so Jesus, so, so the, sorry, forgive me, the gardener, he prunes. What does pruning mean? You should write this in your notes. He removes from us or within us unwanted parts. How many of you know? I don't know if you know this about yourself. Forgive me for bursting your bubble, but this is the words of Jesus. Don't get offended with me. You have unwanted parts. You thought you were all that plus a bag of chips when you woke up this morning and cologned and perfumed yourself. But the reality is God sees your innermost parts. You know, Jesus, uh, the scripture says things like, you know, where man looks at the outward appearance, I look at the heart of man. <laughs> So while, while you might present yourself to be, he might really see you as the truth. You might be waving uh, artificial branches. And in reality, you're waving official withering branches. You see, we need, to, we need to understand this. Why am I preaching some of, such a thing? Because if God is doing something in you, I, as, a, as your pastor, as your leader, there is no way I can't preach this message. I need to tell you, go for it. Go deeper, harder, stronger than ever. And what does that mean for me? Oh, it's going to be bad at times. <laughs> what do you mean? You're going to be made fun of. You're going to be pruned. You're going to be, you're going to be all these different things. But don't worry about it. The pruning is God's dealing, making you more fruitful. So I, I got to make sure I preach a true gospel to you. In the sense of things are going good for you. No, that testing's coming. <laughs> because test proves failure or passing. Oh, man. So, the gardener cuts off branches. He removes from us unwanted parts. You wrote that down already in your notes. So we would be better. So we would be more fruitful. And I want you to understand this as you read John 15. The gardener pruning parts from us. Unwanted parts. Make sure you understand this. It 
hurts like crazy. It hurts like crazy. Pruning hurts. There is no way like getting pruned and getting chopped and like, God, good move. I've never met anyone like that. That's that's exactly what I needed at that moment. But then in the, in as time goes by, they look back and they say, that's exactly what I needed. I would have, how many of you have said this before? I would never be here if that, 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 that. If that would not have happened, I would have never. When it was happening, it didn't feel good. But after it's happened, it's for your good and for his glory. John 15 teaches us this. So he takes unwanted parts so we become better, more fruitful. It hurts. Why does it hurt? Take a guess. Easy guess. No one wants to take a guess. Well, then I'll, what? Pride. That's a great answer. Actually, that, I might just scratch my notes out and just stay with that. <laughs> Pride. But here it is. It hurts because some of us are attached to some of those unwanted parts. Marlo was here, and, and he said something strong, like, and, and if you're living with a person that da-da-da, well, then you need to move. And I said, that was strong. That was bold. And it, it was almost like God was testing someone that was in church that day, and he was pruning them. They, were they obedient to that message? You know, you hear things like that, and you see God say things and do things in your life. Why does when God prunes these, these unwanted parts, why does it hurt? Because the reality is, I could testify of this, I have been attached to some of these unwanted parts. It hurts me. But if we continue with them, it will dim our lights. If we continue with these unwanted parts, it will stunt the ability in us to steward the growth that he's brought forth. So because of that, Lord, take your scissors out and cut away the unwanted parts and help me deal with it and surrender it to you. Why? It's for my good and for your glory at the end of the day. You with me? So I want us all to know this. Here it is. The Lord is in full control. Everyone say, the Lord's in control. Say full control. Not just control, but full control. But even though he is in full control, we are still held accountable to be responsible. And that's going to tell whether more will be given to you or not. We can have more of God and we could go deeper in Christ because John 15 tells us that we are the branches and the branches what? Remain in the what? In the vine. Obviously, this one didn't, but you get it. It's supposed to be in the vine. So the branches remain in the vine. So think about a vineyard, and and this is just one of the branches. Consider my whole body as the vine. And this is one of the branches of the vine. Very important. We are the branches. The branches what? Remain. Say remain. Remain in the vine. Another way of saying that is abide. Abide in the vine. What an important word the word remain and abide is. The reason why I say that is because the Greek word for that word in the English signifies dwelling. When it says abide in the vine or remain in the vine, the word in the Greek is actually speaking about dwell. Dwell. And when we dwell, dwelling is more than, two pe- more than one person. 
Dwelling is, uh, um, we, we dwell with each other. It's different. And it sounds special. It should sound special to you. It should sound special to us. That his desire for us is to make him catch now what Jesus is saying in John 15. This is a good teaching because watch what it means. What it means is that Jesus actually wants to make himself our dwelling place. My goodness. Do you understand that Mo, uh, do you understand that Moses needed to build the tabernacle? Do you understand that um, 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 Solomon had to build the temple? <laughs> I love this. Do you, under- do you understand that Solomon had to build a temple? Do you understand that Herod had to build a temple? Do you understand that none of them should have built a temple? If they would have listened from the beginning, God wanted to be their tabernacle, their temple. The reality is God said, all right, here it is, build a temple now. You guys don't get it. What what is God really saying? I long to always and have always and will always long for me myself to be your dwelling place. What does that mean? This place should never be God's dwelling place in you or for you. If you say things like, I just need to go to church because things are not right in my life. I get it. There is some truth in that. But we must grow from that and grow in faith that we don't need to come to a structure to get what we need. That we must just get to a person and he has everything we need. And that comes from a place of stewarding the dwelling. If I don't steward the dwelling and I only count this place as my hope, by Wednesday, I will be drowning in my mess. But because this place is not my hope, he alone is my hope. Together we live and dwell in our hope. Together, that's why, man, that's why we're here. You see, we need to understand that. Jesus always, the Father always Long to be our dwelling. How do I know that? Because we lost that as humanity. So he wanted to bridge the gap. He wanted to bring man back to him. And how can I make man who is withering and dying and not producing fruit anymore? Toxic branch. (laughs) How? And God says, by sending my son... And my son will cause humanity to once again get to a place where they dwell in me and I dwell in them. Why do you think when Philip says, show us the father, he says, are you serious? If you would have known me already, you would have known the father. What is he really saying? How long have you been dwelling with me? If you've been dwelling with me, you've been dwelling with him. I dwell not just with Jesus, but I also stand before the throne of the father. I dwell with father god as well i say things like abba and father as well as i pray and say jesus why because i am in communion with god the father god the son and god the holy spirit and that communion came in when we understand i live now a lifestyle of dwelling if not it's ritual prayers it's ritual things to go to and say and pray but instead he everyone say god no don't say it just listen God wants to be our dwelling. He wants to be our dwelling place. You know what? Let's do this. Go to Psalm 91. I gave it to them so they could put it up. 
Go to Psalm 91. Maybe this will give you a great understanding as it relates to John. Man, do I love Psalm 91. Once you're there, give me an amen. So you're there. Here we go. Those who live, the NLT says, in the shelter of the Most High. New King James says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. Psalm 91. Those who dwell, those who live, those who dwell in the shelter, in the secret place of the Most High, will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Will, will, will abide, shall abide under the shadow. I love that the NLT calls our dwelling with him, also our rest in him. The word Hebrew there in the Old Testament for dwell, I want you to write this down. In Hebrew, that word shall dwell in Psalm 91 actually means inhabitant. Inha you are inha an inhabitant of. Means to settle, to marry into. I, I, I'm an inhabitant of the presence of God. The presence of God inhabits. It's an inhabitant around me. Like I want you to understand this, that it's a humbling and beautiful reality and a reminder that the vine is doing something glorious in the branch and through the branch. How many of us can, 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 uh, are, some, are familiar with this? How many of us are familiar with this? But how many of us are also familiar with this now? How many of us have gone from this to this and are going from this to this and from this even better? We could relate to these branches. He's doing something glorious in us and through us. What do you mean? He's bringing growth. He's growing leaves. He is bearing fruit. What is all this doing in the spiritual realm, in the reality of things? Here it is. He's bearing the image and the purpose of God the Father in us. How will people see God's face? In this world today, through your life. Through your life, they will see him, no doubt about it. So this comes with the responsibility that we have to be faithful, to persevere in stewarding a lifestyle of dwelling in the vine. Amen. His presence is our habitat. His presence is our habitat, or maybe I could say it this way, our habitat is saturated or consumed in his presence. What does that mean? I speak from a dwelling place. I live from a dwelling place. I father from a dwelling place. I husband from a dwelling place. I friendship from a dwelling place. Every aspect of your life, I drive, and we get it. Sometimes we walk out of the dwelling place. We drive in traffic from a dwelling place. We are amongst our friends doing life with them from a dwelling place. Are you guys seeing that? A dwelling place is not just Sundays or a midweek or a home group. A dwelling place should be what is consuming and saturating you. It is your habitat every single day of your life. How many of you are hearing from God? Because you are stewarding the dwelling in the vine. And the gardener is doing a fruitful work in you and bringing forth fruitful work from you. So good. 
And that's what we've been committed. That's what we've committed ourselves to, to marry that. The Hebrew word for dwell, to marry that. That's what it is. That's what we've committed ourselves. Just like I have to be a good steward of my marriage as I'm a married man, I need to be a good steward of my marriage since I'm a married man. Oh, I am. The Bible says I am am his bride. I'm not his fiance anymore. Many of us live as we are still dating, courting, or fiancés with him. The Bible says I am am his bride. The bride of Christ. Christ, come quickly to the beloved because she longs to see her husband. So as I'm married on earth, my great responsibility is I'm married on earth as it is in heaven. I'm married. I am married to God. I'm settled in this. So I need to what? Steward the dwelling. We've settled our, our lives on this stuff. Why else are we here? So don't miss what he's doing. Don't waste what he's doing. And don't take for granted what he's doing. How many of you can say amen? Psalm 91. He who dwells in the secret place. You should have highlighted that or circled that. Or write it down in your notes. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. How many of you can say amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come up here. This is what I'm going to do today. As we get ready to get our hearts and, and, and just really examine ourselves. I want to pause here on my notes for many reasons. But I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to give you the main reason why I want to pause right now as I was reading my notes. I don't want to continue to go into this right now because right now what I want to leave you with and what, what I want you just to chew for the rest of the week and for the rest of your days and even go back and hear the podcast, is I really want you to examine your dwelling place. Uh, I'll tell you what, what I'll do next Sunday is I want to talk a little bit about Psalm 91, just a little bit, and I want to share a little bit about what that secret place is and what that shadow means and what that stuff deals in the midst of dwelling, and maybe we'll, we'll jump into that next week, and I'm going to go into a secret place a little bit. That's going to be a special time, but before we go into that, because I feel like that's going to be a whole part B. And if I give you that, it might be too much information right now. But this is what I want to do as, as we just worship with one last song. And we release these two branches and, and we show them before you. And we just stay real quick in introducing Psalm 91 and introducing John 15. I want you to really grasp what God is speaking to you today. There are some, some people here that are testifying of some amazing things that God is doing. Some people are, are struggling in life. And I'm going to tell you today that it's okay. Some people are struggling in marriage. And I'm going to tell you today, it's okay. Some people are struggling at work. And I'm going to tell you today that it's okay. Some of you feel, I'm overwhelmed there is just nothing else I can do. I'm, I'm just, 
it's out of my control, I'm just done with this, and I'm just here because it's, it's my fumes, I'm running on, I'm running, and it's, it's just all I have left. And I wanna tell you today that it's okay. And then we, we get it, there's others that are somewhere in the middle. There's good days and there's bad days. Some of you might say this, as I said that, well, there's more bad days than there is good days. <laughs> but at least you could say there's some good days. So you have some people that it's all bad days, even in a group like this. You have some people that it's good days and bad days, some more good days than bad days, some more bad days than good days. And then you have some people that are just on this high, that are like, I'm just having the greatest days of my life. I want you to know today that every single one of those for you, it's okay. What won't be okay, what won't be okay is after hearing God's word to you of stewarding the dwelling and examining where you're at with him. What's not okay is if you don't do something going forward. That's what's not okay. You, you guys see what I'm saying? Because we can complain about our children. I could complain about my wife. I could complain about my job. I could complain about my church. I could complain about my family. I could complain about my finances. I could complain about so many things, right? Think about all the things that you could complain about, all the things that you might even have the right to complain about, in a sense. We could do all those things. But the greatest thing that I could do right now is just pause and examine myself and say, where am I? As pastor brought these two illustrations before me, Right now, I'm, I'm okay being this withered branch. Nothing, no life, no fruit, no leaves are even growing from you. It's okay. Because God necessarily doesn't love this one more than this one. He loves them both. He desires both of them to be fruitful. He desires both of them to go deeper in their stewarding of the dwelling. So wherever you're at, because maybe I should have had a third branch with many more leaves and many and fruit on it. And you would say, that's more, that's me. Whichever one you're at. My question to you is, as we close up today, it's what you do now. It's how you examine the dwelling and stewarding that and saying, from now on, I'm not going to waste what God is doing in my life anymore. I'm not going to miss what the Lord is doing in my life anymore. And from now on, Today it ends. I'm not going to take for granted anymore what God is doing in my life. Amen. So what are you going to do? Here's the part where I can't answer that. I know what it means for me. I know what it means for me. But I don't know what it means for you. We, we, we could do a discipleship class. Those are good things. We could have a meeting every week. Those are all good things. They're, they're things to grow and they're things to learn. But at the end, what you need is not found in us and it's not found in me. Maybe you just have to search deep within and say, I know he's present, but am I present with him? Because what I really need right now is I need to recognize that what I need is him and I need to better pay attention into making him my dwelling place 
And if I pay more attention to him being my dwelling place, then maybe I will begin to see the life that he has for me. The marriage he has for me. The finances he has for me. The business that he has. The job he has for me. The family he has for me. The friendship he has for me. But how can you expect that if you are separated from the vine? Dwelling. Steward the dwelling. To then be able to see the fruit of that dwelling come to pass in your life. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Next week what we'll do is, as I feel very comfortable with all of you today and like every Sunday, we just it feels so good to be here. You have no idea. No place I'd rather be. Obviously in his presence, but after that with my family here. You have no idea how comfortable I feel always with you. And because of that, I know I'm in the right place. If I did not feel comfortable here anymore, I probably would have to ask. I don't think I'm called to pastor there anymore. I feel really, I feel so comfortable with this family. And I feel like God is doing that in us. He's, I preached at a church the other day and I told them what I preached here for a long time ago. I said, when God told Moses to take off his sandals, I said, maybe it's more than just because you're on holy ground and because maybe it was because God was saying, I don't know if you remember that, take off your sandals because taking off your sandals means welcome home to the place of presence. How many of you have been in the presence of God but you haven't taken off your sandals yet? You've, you've heard him say, welcome home. Welcome to my presence. Welcome to a dwelling like never before. But you've continued with the unwanted parts that's restricting you from going deeper. And I believe that Moses taking off his sandals is like the gardener pruning unwanted parts so you could come deeper into the glory of the Lord. Come on. Maybe your prayer today as we close should be, Lord, prune unwanted parts so that I could go deeper in your presence, produce much more fruit. Lord, I know you're speaking and you're, you're doing something in us and you're doing something even in me. So this is what I want to do, Lord. I want to go deeper and I want more of this. Help me to better steward the dwelling place, which is you. Let me steward it. I don't want to waste it. I don't want to miss it. And I don't want to take it for granted anymore. So we're going to end. And let's just end with one song here real quick. I'll tell you what, if you want to just pray real quick and you know that God was speaking to you though, how is this message not for the whole body, for the whole family, but if there's something specific that you know it's withering, it's dying, and you just need someone to come in agreement and pray with you, we always want to offer a prayer. Even if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and someone prays for you, you could just whisper it into their ears, I want to accept him. And just that phrase might be enough for him to come into your heart and reign there and dwell with you. But if you know God is calling for a deeper dwelling and you need prayer, we'll open up the altar real quick for a few minutes as we sing this last song. And everyone else, let's just, let's just worship him. Let's, let's steward the dwelling for a little while before we go home before we get going. Let's go ahead and steward the dwelling. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.